thank you for joining me on another episode of She Leads Now podcast, where we help career and entrepreneurial women gain the tools to develop a success mindset, create winning strategies, build collaborative relationships, and take bold action towards creating impact and fulfillment in their lives and careers. I'm your host, Sabine Gideon, and I'm on a mission to awaken and activate women and emerging leaders so they can tap into their innate leadership ability, elevate their influence, and create the impact they were destined to make. If you're ready to up-level your confidence, courage, and influence, you've come to the right place. Join me weekly for insights, strategies, and resources to help you grow, develop, and embody the leader you were meant to be so that you can make the impact you know you are called to make and establish the legacy you've always dreamed. The world eagerly awaits the emergence of your brilliance, impact, and influence. So with that, let's dive into this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to another episode of She Leads Now. I'm your host, Sabine Gideon, and we are back for another installment of the Lead Hership Reloaded series, Reimagining, Redefining, and Rehumanizing Leadership. And so today I have with me Crystal Barrow, another amazing woman in leadership. And so Crystal is the CEO and founder of Shape Your Success Coaching. Crystal is a certified career and leadership coach, educating and empowering professional women to go from stuck installed to pushing through the fear and lack of confidence that can come with career advancement or a career transition to achieve career fulfillment. She brings years of personal transition and expertise to clients through public speaking, individual and group coaching, and facilitation to national organizations. With that, welcome to the show, Crystal. So excited to have you here. Thank you, Sabine. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for the invitation, and I'm excited to just get started. Absolutely, absolutely. So for the audience, I I met Crystal a couple months ago through networking, through LinkedIn, and I think we talked for two hours. So (laughs) for the sake of this interview, we're definitely going to try to keep it shorter, but I just want to let you know that this is a this is a woman with much experience and expertise and passion to help see other people advance and grow, oftentimes through some of the pitfalls that she fell into. And so I'm excited to have this conversation. But before I, I spoil everything for everyone, how about you share with them your your journey, your career path, and what has led you to starting this business? Yes, thank you. So um, in keeping short, I'll give the short version of it. I am a former law enforcement officer. I worked for the federal government. Then it was the Immigration and Naturalization Service. I was a special agent slash criminal investigator. And I did that for about five years. After that time, I and that was right outside of college, and so right out the gate was kind of dipping my feet into things that were unexpected. And then um, from there, I decided to go into law school. So when 9-11 happened and the attacks on the World Trade Center, um, working full time as a law enforcement officer in the time of national emergency, I was unable to take time off to study for law school, which I was attending at night. So I was working 12-hour days and shifts and ultimately did make a decision to transition from law enforcement to law school full-time. 
rather than in the evening. And it was upon graduating law school that solidified my desire to become an attorney, primarily in, it was a natural progression for me, I think, from law enforcement into the field of criminal justice. And so I was a criminal prosecutor in the Bronx, New York, and also in Manhattan um, for uh, over a decade um, of year, uh, about 10 to 12 years, I'd say. And in between that, there were some transitions to working for the Department of Education, where I was doing administrative trials work for um, involving allegations of misconduct on the part of Department of Education employees. So very interesting work. I also then transitioned to working in the Medicaid Fraud Control Unit of the New York State Attorney General's Office. And so lots, of, again, lots of transition, personal transition. Um having listening to the nudges and the pulls along the way to do something different and in the middle of working full time as an attorney i started having whispers and nudges to begin what was basically a side gig a side hustle if you will in the career coaching arena so um in my efforts to gather women together to set goals to offer accountability and to teach and support I learned about the world of coaching. And it was during that period of time that someone introduced me to a coaching program. I obtained my certification and knew that this was a step I wanted to take, but a lot of mindset, fear, and resistance came into play because I don't have a business background. I was an attorney and a practicing attorney. And so it took several years before I decided to take the leap into entrepreneurship, even as a side gig. Once I did that, I started seeing some growth, um, but stayed in that comfort zone of the legal field, working as a government attorney, progressing through uh, my career. And then um, I would say about three years ago, almost four years in 2019, I made the big leap, if you will, from practicing law to what was my side gig and now my full-time gig, if you will, Shape Your Success Coaching. So that's kind of how I navigated those personal transitions. And in the midst of that also became a single mom by choice. So I also now have a a six-year-old daughter um, that I had when I, wow, when I was 42 years old. And so lots of personal and professional transition. Wow, 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 wow. Oh my gosh. Kudos to you on so many different levels um, for for the transitions, for navigating, and just the, the things that you've achieved, both personally and professionally up until this point. And so as you as you've been in this work and in this space, and, and obviously you have enough experience to share with your clients, talk to us a little bit more about where specifically you hone in to, to support individuals and who you support and where they are at when they come to you? Yes, great question. So primarily I work with women. They tend to be in their mid-career to more executive level women professionals. They call across all types of industries. So because of my background in the law, I do work with a lot of attorneys, but also women and some men. I can't leave my men behind. Um, I work with people in in finance, accounting, healthcare, um, in IT. So it's across different industries because coaching is, is the thing that I do. It's the mechanism that I use to make the difference, right? And so I don't have to have the background in any specific 
um, area or industry, but I lend my expertise to those different areas. And when people come to me, primarily women, they are in a space of feeling stuck. They've been in, either in a position or role or have been and or have been working for an employer for about 10, 15, sometimes more years. Um, and they are feeling unheard. They're feeling unseen. They are feeling like they can't be themselves. They're given a way to do things, given the work uh, is piling up on them, but they're struggling with confidence. They're struggling with visibility. They're struggling with building relationship and advancement. Um, so that's, and, and this is not, they typically don't reach out to me um, with, an, with an overnight decision to get support. They've been sitting on this for years. Yeah. Yeah. I I can um <laughs> I can attest to experiencing the, the same thing. And so there are a lot of common themes here as I've been interviewing other coaches or other women in the, the leadership, executive coaching, even DEI and HR space. And it's it's a very, very clear pattern around how you know much of what we've experienced, and I'm not saying that it, it's it's women's fault by any means. There are some structures in place that have kept us this way, but in many ways, a lot of us face those same challenges where it is the, you're doing all of the things or you're doing all of the things that you believe or even were told that you needed to do to advance or to get to the next level. And yet, and still you're not there. And I, I always use the example of a Sisyphus, right? It's like, Every day, like that boulder is going up the hill only to have to restart all over again. And so I, I just want to take a pause here, I guess, derail here a little bit more. What are your thoughts on some of the causes or some of the beliefs or behaviors or patterns that we that we have, specifically women? Because I'm pretty sure, and, and this is not against the men, I'm pretty sure they have these experiences. But they're still able to push through. So I'm curious to know, like, what are your thoughts on what the difference is between us in general, in terms of being able to advance in the way and the capacity that we want to versus our male counterparts? What is it that, what is it that's keeping us stuck? It's a, sometimes it's the environment. I get that, but also sometimes it's us. So what are you seeing? Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. There, there is this personal ownership and personal responsibility that has to come with whatever it is that we want. So if it's someone who wants to advance in their role, sometimes my questions will be around what is working, what have they done to advance, to be seen, to communicate and articulate what their desires are. I have found, and I can speak even from personal experience, sometimes there is this just this desire or wanting that that it will come, that if we check the boxes, that if X, then Y, but that's not always the case. And, and when it comes to men, although they may have, may have some of the same feelings, a lack of confidence or questions around certain things. There's a couple of differences, but one of them is that there's no stigma attached to it if they, 
if it is seen or if it's exposed. For women, if it is exposed that there's a lack of confidence or a lack of ability or skill development or something of that nature, then that person, that woman can sort of be put into a box and and forced to almost stay there unless she makes the change happen on her own. And so a lot of times, particularly with women, it's about exploring what you've done, what you have not done, what's working, what's not working, right? Because they say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing, the same thing over and over again. But the key part is the expectation of something different. You cannot expect something to be different if you're not taking a different approach or seeking a different alternative. And that requires the person, the individual to explore that. Um, having conversations with your employer, having communications where they now have the knowledge and the awareness, the familiarity of what is going on with you, what you're thinking, where you're feeling stuck, how you're feeling stuck, and then putting the onus on them as their employer to also help develop you. So it's that two-way street, but when you're stuck or feeling the lack of confidence, or maybe from a prior, a previous employment experience, your, your confidence has taken a hit. And now you're not seeing your strength and seeing your value, owning your worth, then that could be a hindrance as well. One of the clearest examples um, in terms of, because I work with women who also either they're perfectly happy with where they're working and just want to level up, or they're seeking a, a particular position outside or a, a transition or a new job. A woman, and there are statistics on this, a woman will look at a job description and unless that woman feels that they are 100% match for that role, they are not going to apply. A, a man can look at it and if he feels 20 to 30% a match for that role, he's going for it and can obtain it. And so that that goes to show there's just a thinking that a lot of women have about their value the, that perfectionism piece, the um, the the fear, the fear of going for something, if not a hundred percent. So we could talk even more about that. But there's a there's an innate thing in that happens in women, um, and I think it comes from experiences, from our our own thoughts and beliefs and intentions for ourselves that either have you propelled you to move forward in a way that brings the desired result or holds you back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And a couple of, of points that I want to call out here. So the statistic that you were referring to, because I, I talk about it all the time, it's it's 68% of women will read a mm. job description. And if it's not 100%, they won't apply, which it's, it's crazy. Um, and I, I always say, you don't want to have 100% of the job description because you're going to go in there and you're going to be bored. So there needs yes. to be um, some room for growth there. Um, and then the other thing that you talked about in terms of if I do X, it has to equal Y. And I was having a conversation with another um, with another guest and she brought out a point that in school, right, women uh, or girls outperform boys. And so it's very much taught and ingrained throughout that entire time that we're in school. If you learn this or if you study this or if you do this, then it leads to a great exam or great paper or whatever. And then there's a reward. And we carry that into the work environment. 
And that's not the rule of the game there. Just like in high school, right? There was a certain rule of the game. When you got to college, you realize, oh no, I need to build a relationship with my professor. He or she needs to know my name and all that other stuff where that's, you didn't need to do that in high school, right? Because you, you saw these people for four years. And so it's just these dynamics of how we are progressing through life and experiences that we're having. And each new experience, we carry in the old, right? Thinking that, oh, this is the pattern. This has worked in the past. It's it got to work here. And then it stops working or it's not working. And then we're challenged to really assess, okay, how do I shift this paradigm? How do I shift my mindset to be successful in this space? And oftentimes, I don't know what it is, but I feel like men are able to just realize, okay, I've read the room right? And the room says, this is the pathway where I don't know, and we're very intuitive. We, we as women are extremely intuitive, but there's also this, this gap of being able to read the room and to operate and function in the way that the room wants to operate and function. Um, so we can circle back on that. And then the other thing that I, I wanted to share is as you were talking about confidence, and I feel like that's another reoccurring theme, right? Especially around women. And of course, I talk about confidence all the time and it shows up in many different ways. I feel like it's one of those things, almost like purpose, right? Like the, these words that we hear, we we know at, at some level, okay, what it means to be confident. We know what it means not to be confident, right? Um, but yet it's one of those things that it, it, it defines so much of who we are, um, within us and to people externally. So I'd be curious on your thoughts as you think about what it means to be confident. What what does that actually look like? What what does that look like in practicality? Yeah, a great another great question. Thank you. And I, I feel like it's that's also synonymous with success, right? We know what success is, but it's so different for every person you talk to, right? But there are these generalities that can serve as a foundation. And that's kind of also how I might look at confidence. There's a, a foundation where confidence can be synonymous with this feels good to me. And so one way I shift from maybe sometimes using the word confidence with either with clients or with groups that I speak to, it's with, it's about alignment. Does this feel good to you? Is this a feel, does this feel aligned with you? Because when there's an alignment between what it is you're doing, whether it's work that feels good for you, work that feels meaningful, work where you feel valued, then you perform better. Then there's a glow about you. Then that passion shows through. That um, purpose comes through. Things start to be seen with a different lens, a different perspective. And so confidence, as we all know it, that's the foundation. But when you when you are intentional and purposeful about what it is you're doing, whether it's the type of work that you do, the books that you read, the people that you talk to or surround yourself with, there's an air of quote unquote confidence, but it's an alignment with the things around you, the people around you, the things that you take into your heart, mind and soul that ex help exude confidence, if that makes sense. It does. It makes total sense. And so what I'm hearing you say is, I, and I love the shift from like confidence to alignment, right? And so I just kind of want to 
I don't know. I, I clearly we're not going to solve this on, in this conversation, <laughs> but I feel like confidence seems to be this thing that when a woman is confident, oh my gosh, there's no stopping her. She is literally unstoppable. But when she is yeah. not, or when she does not feel it, it does such damage internally and externally. Being afraid or having some anxiety about something is not is usually triggered from an external thing versus your confidence. That's that's in a conviction in who you are. That's a conviction in in your identity and in what you bring to the table and just how we get to how we can help women or more women shift away from losing their confidence or losing really their their self-worth and their self-identity because of external factors, but maintaining the fact that it doesn't matter what happens outside of me, right? Like I am still who I am. I still bring to the table what I bring to the table. And to create that space where we have this unshakable confidence so that we continue to move forward and don't get stifled or don't feel like we have to shrink back because something external didn't work out the way that we wanted. Yeah. So when we were talking about confidence and how to, what's required to to really shift going from, I don't feel confident or I feel nervous or I'm not enough. I don't have enough experience, whatever that negative self chatter is. What I do is teach a way of, and this was not my original thought. This is from Gabby Bernstein, actually, a tool or exercise that you can do in the moment when those thoughts come up. It's an identification of what the thought is. So you you feel I'm nervous right now or I'm not enough right now at this meeting. No one wants to hear me. Identify the thought, call it what it is and forgive the thought. So you literally say, I know what this is. I'm gonna forgive you for thinking this and then shift into the next best thought. So you don't go from I'm not enough to, oh yeah, I'm the business because you don't quite believe it just yet. But if you can think of what the next best thought is, I'm going to share an idea in this meeting. And if it lands, it lands. Then that's just as good. And then the repetition of doing these tools and exercises will help you create a new habit. And then it becomes more routine. But you've got to practice it first, shifting that thought instantly in the moment. And then it becomes natural to help you gain confidence. Oh, I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that because you can actually see the steps in that. And I love the piece around forgiving your thoughts, right? Forgiving yourself, forgiving whatever in that moment um, it's so that you can move forward and you don't make yourself feel bad about having that thought or feel guilty about having that thought because that won't, essentially that won't help you move forward. That'll just keep you stuck in that cycle. Exactly. And remember, it's literally the brain just trying to keep you safe. So you might have an idea you want to share in the meeting, but your brain is saying, oh, you've never really spoken up at this meeting before. You don't know how it's going to be received. And then you hold it back. You hold, you don't share that idea. It's just your brain doing what it's supposed to do to keep you safe. Push through that and forgive your brain. Say, brain, I've got this. Thank you. You're doing what you're supposed to do, but I've got this. And then Share the thought, share the idea. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much for that. So I, I think about what you shared earlier in terms of your leap into entrepreneurship and how first you dipped your toes, um, but then like you, you stayed within the safety until you decided to make that big leap. Now, I would imagine 
just based on even my experience and, and those who I've coached, right? Something shifted. Something in your in your confidence level, in yourself, in your ability to succeed in that space. If you think back, do you remember what it was that that gave you that reassurance, that internal reassurance that yes, I can do this. Yes, I'll figure it out. Yes, I'll be okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. About six months or more prior to leaving um, my last full-time place of employment, it was, for me, it wasn't confidence yet. Um, And I did not do things the way perhaps most people would suggest doing. For me, it was an inner understanding and guidance that this was going to happen now, if not when, and that I was going to figure it out that I was going to figure it out. And once I got to the place of decision, then that was all she wrote. Mom was constantly, because she's hearing the conversations, the thoughts in my head, the questions that I had, the back and forth. And she said, Crystal, I need you to just decide. (laughs) Just decide. And from then on, I always coach my clients to not get to the decision, sometimes it is about that, but to at least be aware that all the things happening and that you're thinking about and all the questions and the feeling like physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, all the things, when you have a desire or a yearning or a pull, a literal pull to do something different, it's okay and that's natural, but get to the place of decision. And when you get to the place of decision, it opens up. It just comes together and you do figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. That was the shift for me, that decision when I made the decision. Yeah. I have a coach who talks about that all the time. And he says that the biggest power that we have as human beings is the ability to choose. And the minute that we choose or the minute that we make a decision is when things start to go into, into action. Right. But most of the time we're stuck on oh, but what if, and how am I going to get this? And how am I going to do that? And how am I going to get that? And none of those answers are going to come to you until you've made the decision to move forward in whatever capacity or move away from whatever it is that you're considering. Like everything comes as we make conscious and aware decisions around what we want to create next for ourselves. Um, So thanks for that to light. Yeah. Okay. So we talked about confidence to to death here. I just want us to get to a place where one, as women, we we understand that it's internal, and I also want to break down the stigma around women who quote unquote aren't as confident. Like I, even that, I feel like is is up to perception, right? Because to your point, people may be looking at presence. People be, may be looking at your impact, and they may be looking at all these things to assess how confident you are, which have nothing to do with it, but yet will internalize um, other people's presumptions and their assumptions around how we show up and either try to like meet them with whatever it is that they've decided about us, or we'll, because we don't see it in ourselves, we'll shrink and we'll step back. So with that, as we're looking at where we are today, right? At the time of this recording, 2022, um, huge gaping holes in in leadership at all sectors of society. 
Um, and there is the space, there's a spotlight, I feel, that has been put on women. And um, the spotlight is one, highlighting the work that we've been doing, the leadership that we've already been um, stepping into and owning, but also now that we see the places and the things that, that there's a gap, there's an opportunity for people to start to fill that. And so the, the encouragement that I want to give through the series is, one, let's talk about the women who are making impact, right? Let's talk about the work that they're doing. But then also, how do we create a space? How do we continue to create a space? How do we continue to lay the, the stones, if you will, so that the next generation or the next group of leaders, women in particular, who are coming through won't have to endure the same pitfalls, right? They won't be stuck by the same things that kept us stuck. Um, the narrative that they'll be given is a narrative of empowerment and of possibility and of opportunity versus of struggling and fighting and hustling and, and all these other messages that many of us receive. So as you're thinking about the work that you do today and, and, and the, the work that you want to continue to do, what are some of your thoughts on how women on the come up, we'll call it that, right? Women on the come up or women who are looking to level up to the next level, right? What are some of the steps that they can begin to take to be able to move through that a lot smoother than many of us have? Yeah, I, I think I want to add to the list that you just gave, um, creation. And that's where I come from with my own personal transitions and my own career path. And what I offer to people who want to work with me as well. It's the idea that, yes, we have the power to choose. And along with that, we can, can we can choose and create a path that we want in our career. And so while we can, we there are many resources, there's support, there are other women who are paving the path. That's where networking can come in. How do we build relationship with others? So there are these pockets, if you will, or these buckets and ways of filling this space, of learning more about the spaces, the gaps that need to be filled. But I still bring it back to that personal responsibility to take ownership and create the path that you want also. So that means engaging in networking and build the long-term game of building relationship, building yourself with the people who are doing what it is that you want to do. Countless, countless times networking, and I'm, I'm sure there's statistics on this too, I think it's something like 80% of the people know that networking and relationship building is something that pays off something that should be done, but less than 20% of people still actually do it. And so if we are not taking the steps to have the vision, create the vision, have the vision, and then step into the vision of what that of what your career looks like, linear in a linear way and in a in a growth, right? Because we're if we're we're not that just means we're not growing. And so the path for advancement too has to be laid out, but it's not going to be laid out necessarily by those who have had their own paths and their own journeys, right? Come to the table, come to them with what your vision is, and then ask and seek the help and support for how you can make what it is that you want to happen, happen, but having learned the lessons from those who have gone ahead, right? 
I hope that makes sense and kind of answers your question. It does. It makes total sense. And and so what I'm hearing you say is that as much as we, right, as in whoever is alive right now and whoever's in the space can plow and can trailblaze and do all the things, it doesn't necessarily mean that individuals have to follow our specific footsteps, that they still have the agency to choose um, what what does that look like for me um, and and can co-create or can pick up things from others that 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 they um, that they admire, that they align with. Um, so that makes total sense. My my follow up to that is as we're thinking about moving into a space where all of society is looking is looking for change, right? They're seeking change. Um, people have had an opportunity to really take a step back and think through what's important to me. What is it that I value? Um, what do I want to prioritize in life? And that is literally shifting before our eyes, right? That like the things that this generation or these generations that are in the workforce and, and in business right now versus what the next generation want are, are not drastically different, but they're different. They're different in, in the way that they're approaching. So as we have a lot of Gen Zers on the come up, right, entering the workforce, I think they're about 5% of Gen Zers in the workforce. And, and many of them have decided to start like the entrepreneurship route, gig economy. Some of them are in a traditional corporate route. And they're probably looking because I know millennials did it, right? They're looking around and they're like, hmm. If that's leadership, I don't want I don't want any parts to that, right? If that's what it looks like to to climb or be successful, I don't want any part of that, right? I want to be able to bring my whole self. I want to be authentic. I want everything about me to represent the spaces that I occupy and the places that I spend time with. Um, so, what are what is your advice for some of the the younger? or the younger professionals who are really just trying to identify who am I, what do I stand for? What's authentic? What's, what's in alignment? What's real to me? And then begin to embody that in their leadership and in their career advancement. Yes. So I I love, and, and I'm a huge fan of staying true to yourself and doing the values work, understanding what it is that you value, whether it's a position that you're applying for, what is it that you need to have in a particular role or position that will allow you to thrive, right? Not just earn the check or make a living or show up to something every each and every day or in some hybrid capacity. But what is it that will truly have you feeling good about what it is that you do, the impact that you're having? A lot of times, particularly with women professionals and leaders, I'm hearing a desire for meaningful work and contribution and impact. So first, defining and identifying what that really means for the individual and then creating that vision for what that looks like and then almost reverse engineering a way of how to achieve that so that you have that kind of goal out there, but then reverse engineering and setting milestones and, and ways to achieve that in a way that feels good. Now, because of the pandemic and during the pandemic and in the last several years, 
we all have seen, heard, read about, feel the big boom in entrepreneurship. And I think that it is as a direct result of what you were talking about. A lot of people feel that the the traditional workplace that existed wasn't allowing a space to be yourself, to, to feel authentic or to share your true thoughts. And if you did, they were just kind of cast aside or nothing was dealt with it or your ideas were kind of shelved, that kind of thing. And so I, I usually encourage people, I, I don't, I don't steer people one way or the other. And when, if someone tries to have me steer them, I I offer a little bit of challenge there because it's really about what is it? And for, for particularly for people in their early career, because I'm getting most people in their mid career and sometimes towards the latter part of their career, but in early career, really identifying what it is that you need to thrive in the workplace and what what that really looks like. Not someone else's dream, not what someone else told you to do, because spending five years, 10 years, 15 years doing work that doesn't resonate with you, doing work that you can't support, if you can't get behind the work that your employer does, then it's not right for you. And you can, at the surface, go through the motions. That's what we call autopilot, living life on autopilot, but it will catch up. And so Gen Zers and those in early career, I think, are onto something and that they can look at something and say, that's not really for me, but then be clear on what is and don't necessarily bash or negate the opportunity and what's out there, but see how you can use it, leverage it, use it to co-create what it is that they do want and in a way that is impactful, meaningful for others, not just themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really great points there. Um, I think about, as you were talking about autopilot, right? Living life on autopilot. To your point, there are a lot of people in in the workforce who have been doing what they've been doing for quite some time and they don't like it and they don't care for it and they're miserable, but yet they've been climbing the ladder and it works and it's a pattern. Unfortunately, a lot of those people are the people who are in leadership right now. And this time and space that we're in is requiring them to show up differently. And it's creating such an internal challenge internal within themselves, internal within the organizations, um, because it's just that I've only known how to be this way. And for a while, I was rewarded for being this way. And now you're telling me I got to show up differently? Or now Mm -hmm. you're telling me I have to change or adjust because someone wants to be their whole person at work? (laughs) So (laughs) it's, it's funny how I mean, it's not funny, but it's like this is the message that that needs to get out to those who are coming into that space that be very mindful of where you are and what you're thinking about the work that you're doing and how passionate you are about it, because that bleeds over into your team. How you build out your career is going to impact not just you, not just your paycheck, not just your family, but it impacts everyone that interacts with you and comes onto your team. So to give some encouragement to those who are in leadership today and they found themselves at that place of, yeah, I'm just doing this because I have obligations, right? I would invite you or we're both inviting you (laughs) 
to take take that step back and say, rather than allowing yourself to remain in an environment in a situation where you're not being fed or you don't feel like it's in an alignment, understand that you have the opportunity to create whatever new. It may not happen overnight. It may take a few years for you to make that transition, but every decision that you make from this this place of um, dissatisfaction or whatever it may be is not only just impacting you, it's impacting others as well. So give the gift to yourself and give the gift to others to align with what you're excited about, what lights you up, what fills you, your zone of genius. Yes, powerful. Yes, yes, agree on all fronts. I love it. So we're going to shift gears here. We're going to go into our, our little blitz here. Just So just a few questions for you. As you think about your experiences, because you've taken a lot of risks in your career, right? You've made the transitions, you've um, you've done the calculations, right? But you, you've still taken a lot of risk. As you think about everything that you've experienced, both in, in traditional work environment, as well as being a business owner, if you could go back to a younger version of yourself and give her a piece of advice that you felt has, has been monumental for you, or it could have been a game changer for her, what might that be? Yeah. So I had to just do an exercise myself as part of this program that I'm uh, participating in. And it uh, caused it forced me to dig up a childhood photo of myself and to look at it and get in touch with it. And in that picture, I'm not even looking at the camera. I'm, I'm focused elsewhere, typical. Um, I'm smiling and observant. And I've been doing a lot of thinking about what is what was she like then? She was having fun. She was um, engaging others, very observant. It wasn't there was she wasn't working at the time, so there's more to life than just work, right? There's more that just the being and being taken care of, of supported, allowing space for that. Um, and so, my advice to my younger self would be: worry less. Um, faith over the fear that people, opportunities, resources, it'll all come. It'll all come to you. It'll be put in, put on a platter for you. But have fun, engage, stay true to yourself. Stay true to yourself and just keep going because you get one to live. <laughs> so how do you want to go out? It sounds like really, really great exercise. So as you, as you're continuing to build your organization and um, supporting leaders who are in transition, if, is there anything or are there any programs that you're working on right now that you'd like to share with the audience? Yes. So I'm working on developing a group coaching program that I'm very excited about. It's called Purposefully Positioned to Prosper. And it came on my heart. Um, in the last couple of months. And I invite anyone under the sound of my voice and your voice, Sabine, to reach out to me, send me a message, connect with me if you'd like to learn more. This group coaching program, as I said earlier, coaching is the mechanism, the method 
that I bring my expertise, but what I'm really doing is helping people. I'm giving them solutions to become aware of who they are, what they want to do truly at their core and see the possibility that you can do what it is that you want. Like you said, it doesn't necessarily, our time's not always his time or the time, but that it's possible. I'm living proof of it. I am living proof of pivoting, changing, course correcting, changing, moving as I go, staying in flow, juggling all the things, but still recognizing that there's at the bottom end of it, coming from a place of service behind my work and being intentional about my steps is what brings the most reward. And so I'm offering those tools, resources, coaching, access to me as well in a group coaching program. And I'm excited about that. Awesome. We'll be definitely, we'll be sure to include that um, in the show notes. And so two last questions for you, as you, um, as you think about any books that you've read, I see the books there in the background. For those of you who are, <laughs> who are watching here, <laughs> is there a book or are there books that you feel have been pivotal to you in your growth and your development, either personally or professionally? Yes, thank you. So I pulled two because I do have a bunch. So the first I'm going to mention, um, I might have mentioned Mel Robbins. If not, I'm a big fan of Mel Robbins. The Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins. Listen, she you like her, don't like her, but it's truth. Out your brain, when it comes to doing what it is you want to do, whether it's work, life, physical health, well-being, if you are a procrastinator or overthinker, I highly recommend this book. It's a starting ritual, counting down from five, four, three, two, one to get out of the brain. Literally, your brain is keeping you safe by having you say, not now, maybe tomorrow, all the things to keep you stuck and from not moving forward, to, to, to miss out on your growth. This book, backed by science and research and truth, will set you free. So five second rule by Mel Robbins. And then lastly, I'm just starting to read this book. This is from my women leaders, Driven by Intention. Okay, this is fantastic. Own your purpose, gain power, and pursue your passion as a woman at work by Michelle Gadsden Williams. And the first chapter already pulled me in, talks about setting intentions versus setting goals. And if you heard anything that I've said during this podcast, it's about being intentional and setting intentions for how you want to show up for your goals, not just having the goals, having something to look forward to, but how are you showing up along the way and how to set intentions so that you reach those goals and achieve what it is that you want. Those are my two recommendations for today. Oh, I love it. I will I will definitely include those on the show notes. I listened to Five Second Rule on Audible and I don't know, for the first month, I think I, I I was good about leaving my phone somewhere else, right? So that I didn't check it. Like I became very aware that I had this pattern of checking my phone first thing in the morning, right? So I was putting it away. When that alarm went off, <laughs> there was a period where I was doing really, really good. Get up, right? When the alarm goes off. So she talks about you know, instead of hitting snooze or whatever, right? When the alarm goes off, count five, four, three, two, one, and then just get up. And start to train your mind to just act versus going back to bed or laying there doing all the things that we we do. 
And so I've been, um, I've been <laughs> somewhat good about applying some of those principles, but I will tell you on the days that I am conscious and that I am aware and I'm intentional about getting up right when the alarm goes off or doing whatever it is that I know that I need to do in that moment, leveraging that it's such a game changer. And on the days that I'm not. <laughs> exactly. We give ourselves grace. Yes, we give ourselves grace, right? We are human. And it's interesting that there's that five second window that your brain, that you could literally interrupt the thought, the procrastination five seconds. And so we give ourselves grace. I, I congratulate you on taking the steps on getting started and moving forward though. We're all, we're all a work in progress. Right. I was going to say definitely a work in progress for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so Crystal with that, if the audience is listening and they want to get in touch with you, where do you hang out? Where do you play? What's the best way to reach out to you? I love this. So I, I, I hang out on LinkedIn and definitely can catch me on my website at shapeyoursuccesscoaching.com, but certainly connect with me and send me a message on LinkedIn. I highly value personal connection and will respond to each and every single one of you. So follow me on social. I'm on Instagram. I'm just starting YouTube channel also. So look out for some tweets and YouTube sessions and all the fantastic, wonderful, fun Thanks. Thank you for this opportunity, Sabine, to, to spend some time with you today. Awesome. It's been my honor. And so for those of you who are listening, all of Crystal's links are in the show notes. So be sure to check those out. And if you connect with her on LinkedIn or when you connect with her on LinkedIn, let her know that you heard her on the She Leads Now podcast. And with that, we will be back next week with another amazing guest. Crystal, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, your nuggets, your experience, and your journey with us today. It's been certainly very empowering and insightful. And for the audience, we will be back next week. Have a great rest of the day. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of She Leads Now. If you found today's episode helpful or got a piece of insight that you plan to implement in your business or organization, I would love to hear from you. Connect with me on LinkedIn at Sabine Gideon, that's my handle, and send me a private message or feel free to go ahead and leave a review on either Apple or Spotify. I also invite you to share this episode with anyone in your network who you think might benefit from this content. Lastly, be sure to check the show notes and the description below for links to resources, including relevant downloads, articles, and any upcoming training. Until we chat again, have a blessed and powerful week.